Praise the name of the Lord. We are going to read the Holy Scriptures from Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 from verse 13. Matthew 16 from verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14. So they say, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. Verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him. Blessed are you Simeon. By Jonas. For flesh and blood. Has not revealed this to you. But my father who is in heaven. And I say also to you. You are Peter. And on this rock. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades. Or hell. Shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatsoever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven amen this morning i want us to share briefly on a topic i have entitled who is jesus christ to you or who is jesus to you there's always good this is the question jesus was asking his disciples after working with them for some time and every now and then, every genuine leader will seek to know from his followers or from his disciples or from his students, who am I to you? Jesus turned to his disciples and he wanted to know how do they view him? How do they look at him? Is he the man who provides bread? Is he the man who opens blind eyes? Is he the man who is merciful to orphans and the poor? Is he the man who raises the dead, heals the cripples? Who is Jesus? And so he asked this question, and this is the feedback he got from his disciples. Verse 14, they say, they said, some say, some people say, you are John the Baptist. Some Elijah, others Jeremiah, others one of the prophets. It's amazing that you can be with someone for so long and you don't know who they are. These guys were with Jesus for so long, but they did not really know who he was. And I think that is one of the mistakes of the church. The church of Jesus Christ and many believers sing about Jesus, talk about Jesus, write about Jesus, preach about Jesus, and it's a Jesus they have heard about. Oh, glory to God. A Jesus they were told about. A Jesus they heard about. But no not a Jesus they have a personal encounter with. Not a Jesus they know. Not a Jesus they understand. Not a Jesus they have a close encounter with. And so one of them, who to me and to many people was a know-it-all. <laughs> I mean, I like people who would call him Kimbelembele, but I like how Peter was. Because Peter said, hey, teacher, I know the answer. <laughs> Glory to God. I know the answer. Master, I know the answer. He said, okay, Peter. The rest have said whatever they said. Verse 15. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. I like that one. You are the Christ. See, it begins by asking in verse 13, when Jesus? It doesn't say when Christ. <laughs> There's a difference. There's a difference between the two. People know Jesus. And you see, Jesus is the humanity of, is the human side. Is the human side of him. Ooh, glory. My goodness. Jesus could mean someone on a crucifix. Jesus 
can fit somewhere on a cross like this one. Jesus can be a song. A song can sing about Jesus and nothing will happen. I mean, I've seen accidents and you've seen accidents and you've heard about accidents. My question is, how many people in every accident call upon the name of Jesus and nothing happens? Is it because Jesus is deaf? Is it because he's not merciful? No. They don't know him. <laughs> they don't know him. They don't know him. They don't know the real Christ. They don't know Christ. Well, I'll prove to you that Jesus is the humanity of God. Briefly. An angel comes to a young virgin by the name of Mary. He says to her, Hail Mary, you have found favor with God. For that which is about to be born in you shall be great. Mary was engaged to a man called Joseph. And an angel has been sent to tell her, You know what? We respect your plans, but now God has an assignment for you. You are the one who will bring forth a savior. Why did Jesus come in human flesh? Because spirits are illegal on earth without bodies. <laughs> spirits are illegal. Demon spirits. That's why you don't have to be afraid of the devil. If you hear or sense something weird or strange in the house, you can be able to say, in the name of Jesus, whoever is here, I command you, go. In the name of Jesus Christ. Don't just say Jesus. Jesus could be anything. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command whatever or whoever is in this place to live. And they will live. Why? Because anything that does not have a body, spirits without a body, are illegal on earth. Now that tells you why people are mad. Because the devil, oh, thank you Lord Jesus. Both God and the devil are looking for bodies to occupy and find expression. Hey, hey. <laughs> God wants to express himself through your body and through my body. And because the devil knows that, and he was in heaven, and he knows the plan of God for humanity, he also occupies human beings. That's why people do very strange things. <laughs> and you wonder, ah, how can someone do that? Oh no, don't worry. Something else occupies. Because whoever is not occupied by the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, well, demons have occupied. Whether they like it or not, whether they know it or not. So Jesus is born and given a human body so that he can be legitimate and legal here on earth. Glory to God. So that he can be legal on earth. You see, if you read the temptations of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, <laughs> and the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all ways as we are, yet without sin. He doesn't say Christ was tempted. Hey, it was Jesus. That means the humanity of God. The human part of God. That's why these guys were bringing him bread. They were talking about bread. Because at that time he was hungry. At that time he was tired. At that time he could sleep. Just like you and I. <laughs> Woo, glory. An understanding of who Jesus is changes your life forever. You cannot be ordinary. <laughs> you cannot operate in, like an ordinary human being when you understand who Jesus Christ is. When you understand who Jesus is, and that's why it's good to understand the humanity part of him, the human side of him, so that you appreciate and, and the limitations, the limitations that come with the human side of Christ, and then the human side of Jesus, and then now you will appreciate what the Bible calls here, verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. You are who? The Christ, the son of the living God. He doesn't say you are the Christ, the son of Joseph. Did you see that? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Because people say, oh no, Jesus, uh, the one we worship is the son of Joseph. No, no, no. Joseph had nothing to do with Mary's pre pregnancy. 
Is that not true? So, we can conclude and say, like Peter, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that understanding makes us overcome the gates of hell. Somebody say Amen. Jesus answered and said to Peter, Blessed are you, Simeon, by Jonas, Simon, son of Jonas. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He's telling him, it's not because you are smart. It's not because you are clever. You did not answer my question correctly because you are very clever. You are not the brightest among all the other disciples. No. My father has revealed it. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> my father has opened your understanding. Oh, yes. My father has enabled you to know that I'm not the carpenter's son. Woo! Glory. My father has helped you to understand. I'm not fundi wambao. Mimi si mtoto wa fundi wambao. Seremar. I am the son of the living God. Says, but my father who is in heaven. He doesn't end there. Because he says, first of all, you are blessed. Woo! You are blessed if you understand that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Somebody say, Amen. What is to be blessed? Is to be empowered to prosper. I like that word. I'm blessed. Somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. <laughs> blessed are you, Simon Bajonas, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Verse 18. And I say also to you, you are Peter, and on this rock, on that rock, which rock? The revelation, the understanding. That I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Let's, let's eat this scripture. Jesus, and I say also to you, Peter, that on this rock, on that understanding, that I am the Christ, the, church, the Son of the living God, I will build my church. What church? We've said the rock is that revelation, that understanding, that Christ, Jesus, is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then he says, I will build my church. What church? Somebody say, I'm the church. I'm the church. You see, people think the church in Imawe and Amabati. No! That word church in Latin means those who have been called out of that. Those who God has saved. So you and I become the church of Jesus Christ. If that is not true, then Peter lied. Because Peter said, you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. Eh? Those who have, he has called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Somebody say, Amen. amen. So he says, I will build my church or I will, believe, I will build those who are born again upon this understanding that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means anyone who is born again and has an understanding or a revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, gates of hell will not prevail against them. Amen. Then he says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let us look at the gates of hell. Gates of hell. Anybody without an understanding of who Jesus is, Jesus Christ is, can and will be oppressed of the devil. Anybody without an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, the gates of hell will prevail against. One of the gates of hell that I hate so much is the gate of sickness and disease. Sickness and disease. Sickness is not a blessing. Some people say, oh, this person is sick because God is punishing them. God does not punish people with sickness. Somebody say, amen. Oh, this person, listen, if someone commits sin, James chapter 5 says, is there any among you who is sick? Let him pray. Is there among, anyone among you who is afflicted? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint him with oil. And, eat, and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And if he has committed any sin, it shall be forgiven him. That means God is willing to forgive. Amen. So if God is willing to forgive a person who has sinned and repented of his sin, how can the same God punish you with sickness? I have another question for those who say that sickness 
is a punishment from God or sickness comes from God. If sickness and disease comes from God, why was Jesus healing the sick? Then he was disobeying God. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be a theologian or read your Bible so much. If you watched those movies of Jesus when you were young, did you see Jesus healing the sick? Did you see him healing blind eyes? There's one memorable case you will never forget. A man who was applied, applied mud. Applied on the guy, the guy was born blind. My goodness, I was told, go and wash at this. At what? Slow arm. The guy came back, see. How can Jesus heal the sick? Yet he's the one who has made people sick. How can he disobey the Father? I mean, if God has made them sick, why heal them? If God is the originator of sickness, why would Jesus bother healing the sick? If sickness is a punishment from God, why is it that in the two great commissions, in Matthew chapter 10, and in Luke chapter 10, the main thing, and in Acts, Mark 16, the main thing is, is heal the sick. Heal the sick. Heal the sick. Well, that tells you every believer has a responsibility to, to be, not only to be healed, but to heal the sick. Glory to God. Any believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, any born again Christian, who has a revelation or an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, can be attacked by sickness will be attacked by sickness but I have good news for you sickness should not dwell in them sickness should not say I'm not coming out of this body hey it's illegal <laughs> why is it illegal because Jesus paid for it on the cross of Calvary today if you go to any supermarket here at Ruiru or in Nairobi County or in Kiambu County and purchase a loaf of bread. Let me use bread because people love bread. Hallelujah. <laughs> One of our brothers here loves bread more than all of us, but it's okay. Bread is good. Jesus gave people bread. It's very prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> now, my question is, you go buy two loaves of bread. You get a receipt showing that you have paid for that bread and so it's legally yours. If you go and give it to someone and say eat this bread and someone comes and says oh no uh, that bread has been stolen from quick mat <laughs> at Ruiru <laughs> if the brother is wise or the sister whoever was given bread as a gift should say give me also the receipt so that I have evidence oh glory to God so that I have evidence that this bread is paid for glory to God <laughs> now I'm asking myself any Christian who allows sickness and disease to dwell in them, do they know that the receipt was printed at the cross? Do they know that the back of Jesus carried 39 strokes for every sickness and every disease? That back acted as a receipt. Paid for. Glory to God. Somebody say amen. amen. Paid for in full. In other words, he took your sickness so that you take his health. The same way you take bread Leave money, carry a receipt and your bread. Glory to God. <laughs> now in this case, Jesus took our sickness on the cross. He gave us his health. And he told us, not only am I giving you health, I'm also giving you power and authority over all the works of the devil. Praise the name of the Lord. The second gate of hell is poverty. Poverty is not a sign of humility. 
Poverty does not glorify God. Poverty is not godly. Poverty is one of the work of the devil. And it's one of the curses of the law. So what do we do? If you have an understanding of who Christ is, the first thing he does, like he told Peter in Matthew chapter 16 verse 17, he says, blessed, blessed are you, Jonah. Blessed are you, Peter. Well, you can put your name there. Blessed are my Samuel. Why? I understand that Jesus carried not only my sickness, but also my poverty. And because he also carried my poverty, I cannot be poor. How can a blessed person be poor? How can a blessed person be poor? He says, blessed are you, Peter, because you have an understanding or a revelation of who I am. Now you say, if sickness, if poverty is a curse, and poverty does not glorify God, what do you do? Of course you have to work. Because the Bible says, I will bless the work of your hand. It's people who are choosing. But if you start somewhere, the Bible says, you're already blessed. <laughs> Glory to God. The Bible says, you are already blessed. So if, not if, because you are blessed, it means anything you touch shall thrive. Anything you touch shall prosper. Anything you do shall increase. Anything you do shall expand. If you believe it, say amen. amen. The problem we have with many Christians who have not been taught correctly. They are expecting people to help them. Who is going to help you? Everyone has problems. From state house to the ghetto. Don't disturb my president. His excellency, Uhuru Muigai Kenyatta. He doesn't have jobs for everybody. You create jobs for yourselves. Oh, you are not hearing me. I said create jobs for yourselves. What do I Rais? Stop disturbing your governors. Stop disturbing your MP, member of parliament. Stop disturbing your senators and your MCS. Rise up and say, I know Christ. I know he's the son of the living God. And because of that, I am blessed. And because I'm blessed, blessed people don't sleep from morning to evening and expect provision and expect food. No. Blessed people wake up early in the morning. Blessed people shower. <laughs> blessed people dress nicely. Blessed people perfume themselves and then they go to work. Glory to God. Somebody says, what if I, I don't have a job? Volunteer somewhere. I'm preaching the true gospel. I don't have a job. Help somebody who is already going somewhere. I know you heard me. Look for someone who is doing something and help them. As you volunteer, as you help them. Oh God. You will be considered. You will be considered for Permanent and pension up. Or you will be contracted or you will have a job. Somebody say amen. So poverty, since we have known it's not our portion and it's not godly. Once you have an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, the blessing comes upon you. And one of the things the blessing of God does in your life, it opens your understanding. Oh, let me bring it to your language. It opens your medulla oblongata. It opens your brain not to sleep and slumber. The understanding of who Jesus is releases the blessing in your life. And one of the functions of the blessing is to make you to see opportunities where others don't see them. There are so many jobs. It's just that there are no enough people to do those jobs. There are so many ways of making money. Legally, correctly, and in a godly way. I say it again. There are so many ways of making money. Legally, correctly and in a godly way. We just need to be at the right place. And for, the right, for us to, to be at the right place starts with the house of God. So you're saying you're not, you're jobless. Go to a church. Go to a ministry. Sit down. Fellowship with other brothers. Fellowship. Attend those church meetings. Attend those ministry mini- meetings. And as you attend, you will find your compass. You will find direction. You will find divine direction. <laughs> you will be guided. 
You will be helped. Those brothers will feed you. Those sisters will clothe you. Those sisters will help you. Sisters and brothers in the church. They are supposed to help you. Of course they are supposed to help you. The Bible says do good to all, but especially those of the household of faith. In Galatians chapter 6. Yeah, you can check whether it's verse 10 or 11, but I know. Galatians chapter 6. It says do good to all. But especially those of the household of faith. That means those who are born again. You fellowship together. You should be able to help them. If they need, not pretenders, but people who are in real need. Amen. The other gate of hell is divine protection. And for the wicked, insecurity. <laughs> insecurity is a gate of hell. People all over the world fear for their lives. Show me one country from America to Haiti, from Britain to Guatemala, from Canada to Djibouti, from Cape Town to Cairo. Show me a country where people don't feel unsafe somehow. Show me where people don't feel insecure. Human beings have been threatened all their lives. But guess what? For those who have an understanding that Jesus is the Christ, the same blessing brings a package we call divine protection. Praise the name of the Lord. Divine protection. Angels are assigned according to Psalms 91 verse what? Verse 11. Angels are assigned to protect and watch over those who are born again. Angels are assigned to protect and take care of the household, of the business, of the families, of those who are born again. Glory to God. That means you have no fear of investment. Don't fear building your house. Don't fear driving a good car. Don't fear dressing nicely because some jokers will attack you. No, 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 no. You are protected by angels. I said we are protected by angels. Psalms 91 verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over me. Glory to God. To keep me in all my ways. The Bible says in Psalms 91 verse 11. That God has promised to give his angels charge over us. To keep us in all our ways. In other words, there is no fear. Somebody say there is no fear. There is no fear of movement. There is no fear of flying. There is no fear of driving. There is no fear of walk, walking. Why? There is no fear of swimming. There is no fear of investing. There is no fear of building a good house. Even if people don't want to live. You know, this country has so much land. But everyone is squeezing themselves in Nairobi. <laughs> you can build where you want. And live where you want. And anybody who dares to attack you. The angels of God. Will guard and watch over you. Woo, glory. I hear people saying, oh. You need to live in a gated community because you will be protected. Listen, if someone wants you, they will come even in your, even if you are in a, even if you are in a fortress, even if you live where, if they want you, they will come anywhere. The only person who can stop them is Jesus Christ. The only person who can stop them is the blood of Jesus. The only person who can stop them are the angels of God who have been assigned not to everybody but to those. Who are born again. Those who have an understanding and a revelation of Jesus the Christ. The son of the living God. Somebody say amen. So plan to build where you want. Don't fear. Plan to drive a good car. Don't fear driving a good car. They can talk. But they can't stop you. I said they can't stop us. <laughs> Don't fear dressing nicely. You know some Christians dress like suspects. Dress nicely in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because angels will watch over you. Glory to God. The other gate of hell is 
spiritual dryness or separation from God. That's right, separation from God. Yes, it's the gate of hell. How do people get separated from God? By disobedience. Isaiah 1.19 says what? If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you disobey, you shall be destroyed by the sword. What made Adam and Eve? Get kicked out of the garden of Eden. Disobedience. Disobedience to the known will of God. So in our case, what is the known will of God? The Bible. What the Bible says. The Bible is the known will of God for us. Not following this Bible will give the devil a chance to attack you. Not obeying this Bible will give the devil a chance to attack us. And sometimes he attacks us. Oh yes. That's why it's good to investigate yourself. Do a self-analysis. If the devil has attacked your finances or your health or your family or any area or your job or the work of your hands, where did you open the door for Satan to attack you? Because the Bible says in Proverbs, if the hedge is broken, if the wall of protection is broken, the serpent will bite. Meaning, if you give room to the devil, he will attack you. No wonder Peter says, give no room to the devil. Somebody say, Amen. Somebody say, I will not give any room to the devil. I can't hear you. I will not give any room to the devil. Because if we give him room, he will attack us. Spiritual darkness or separation from God comes because of disobedience. But those who obey, they will eat the good of the land. I said, for us who obey and who take this word seriously and follow it, we will eat the good of the land. Somebody say amen. You know, this may mean nothing to a president's son or daughter. This may mean nothing to uh, someone who was born with a silver spoon. But if you are not born with a silver spoon, (laughs) then this is your portion. Yes, that you will eat the good of the land. There are people who wonder, who cast me? I can't afford even salt. Salt? Hey, Yahweh. I can't change two underwears. (laughs) I have to wash one at night. Nikaushe na towel. (laughs) <laughs> I tried with <laughs> Saitania syndrome. By the time you see underwears with holes, then you know there's a serious problem. But that's not our portion. The Bible says, as we obey, we shall eat the good of the land. I said, we shall eat the good of the land. What is the other gate of hell? Lukewarmness. Somebody say lukewarmness. We study Revelation. Jesus speaking through John. He says, you better be hot or cold. Otherwise, I will spill you up. God hates lukewarmness. You better be hot like chili pepper or be cold. Lukewarmness. Anyone who does not know Jesus Christ as the Son of the Living God, that revelation keeps you on fire. You cannot be lukewarm. How? Me, I am not lukewarm. Anybody who knows me, not those who hear about me, those who know me, they know I'm, on, I'm always on fire. I don't need to smoke something to be on fire. No, no, no. I don't need to drink something to be on fire. I don't need cigarette or tobacco to be on fire. I don't need marijuana to be on fire. I don't need alcohol to be on fire. Those who know me, I'm always on fire for Jesus Christ. Why? Because I have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. That revelation distinguishes those people who are lukewarm, cold, backslidden, and those people who are hot and on fire for God. You see, the church today is entertaining people by bringing smoke machines in the church, (laughs) dancers, you see, God does not, there's no way in the Bible God says you bring smoke. Actually, smoke was a sign of death. Ayah. You read the Old Testament. <laughs> the Old Testament, every time a priest would make an, a sacrifice at the Holy of, inside the Holy of Holies, if that smoke sacrifice was accepted, the smoke went up straight. If it started coming back, or zigzag or coming back, they knew the guys, they'd pull him out. That's why those priests would be tied with a bell here and a chain. A bell and a chain, nobody would go in there because they would die. 
the guy would be pulled from the Holy of Holies, brought out, and then they bury him and say, who else is righteous and holy? You go, <laughs> why? Because God has not called us to smoke. The New Testament, which is our model, has no smoke anywhere. But it has fire. Which one do you want, smoke or fire? <laughs> Jesus said, John the Baptist said, I am not worth even to touch the shoes of Jesus Christ. The one I've been talking about, I'm not worth even to untie his laces. For he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Somebody say Amen. You may ask yourself, why do people become lukewarm? One, unanswered prayer. Unanswered prayers. If you pray for so long about a particular thing and God has not answered, it's very easy to become lukewarm. It's very easy to become indifferent. It's very easy to become bitter with God. It's very easy to become resent. Unanswered prayer. Well, I'm not talking about prayer, but you know why prayers are not answered. Very many reasons. One, praying amiss. Two, praying for selfish desires, wrong motives. Three, sin in your life, unconfessed sin. Four, not even knowing how to pray. Some people don't know how to pray. Some people are told pray and they're like this, like Shaolin monks. My friend, you'll be only filled by demons. How, how do you keep quiet like this? How do you keep going? You're to pray, you're like this. Aye, that is religiosity. My friend, <laughs> prayer must be vocalized. Vocalized. You must speak. You must, <laughs> if you wish, use the word say. I don't like the word say, but say them. Speak those things you want to say to God. Speak to Him. Like you would speak to a friend. Amen. So the other reason why people are lukewarm, and that leads to backsliding, is separating themselves from fellowship. Eh? Separating themselves from the fellowship of brothers. Oh, brother so-and-so, where are you? I'm busy. Oh, brother so-and-so, where are you? Uh, there's a wedding committee. Eh? Oh, so the wedding committee is taking you away from fellowship. Oh, brother so-and-so, where are you? Oh, my mother called me. Uh, I've gone up country. Oh, up country. For how long? Hi. Squeezy, that fellowship of Wednesday, Miss Yoni Nikitoboa. Oh, you start like that. You see, if you watch National Geographic, the whole world watches, but it's from Kenya. <laughs> the best animals are here in Kenya. <laughs> yeah? And their migrations. You discover something. An animal that is separated from the pack, from the rest of the animals, is a quick prey. It's food, it's fodder. You'll be eaten very easily. They are eaten like this. The same way, a Christian who separates himself, the devil will tear you into chapati. You will tear you like buffalo, mukate buffalo. So your secret of staying on fire is constant fellowship with other brothers who have like precious faith. Somebody say amen. The other reason why people are lukewarm is because of listening to the enemies of the cross, listening to colleagues, listening to friends, listening to family members. Sometimes listening to neighbors, giving heed and giving attention to everyone. You see, Christianity is not foolishness. Christianity is not foolishness. Not everyone should be your friend. I know you heard me. Yes. Not everyone should be your friend. If everyone is your friend, then you are the devil. Jesus had many enemies. I mean, if you read Matthew 16, you will see. There's a place he says, you will be hated of all men for my name's sake. So if you are truly born again and you identify with Jesus Christ, you are already a target. The enemy will start targeting you. But they cannot succeed. So you don't have to compromise. Because you, they will not succeed. They can form weapons. They can talk about you. They can gossip. But they will not succeed. Their words will not come to fruition. Say Amen. So don't give ear. Be careful who you listen to and who you give your ears to. Somebody say Amen. The other way to be lukewarm, the other reason why people are lukewarm is they stop serving God. 
stop serving God. You come to church and sit like you're in a cathedral where your seats are wiped, the organ is played by somebody, windows are wiped. All the people who work in that cathedral are hirelings. So there is no opportunity to serve God. <laughs> That's how you know religion. Religion denies people an opportunity to serve God. But real Christianity, I mean, it's like having real Christianity allows people to serve God. There are opportunities to serve God in the house of God. You can sing, and if you can sing, you can play the keyboard. If you can play the keyboard, you can, you can wash seats. If you can't, you can do electrical work. If you can't, you can do Sunday school. If you can't do that, you can be an usher. If you can't do that, you can join security. If you can't do that, you can be outside directing people. Yeah, wearing that reflector looking good and directing people. Like a billboard. <laughs> there is so much. You can decide, I will come up with methods. You can join the internet and, and online platform, guys, and say, me, I will be a key factor in making sure the gospel is preached in our church or in our ministry, you know? But sitting down, it's very easy to be lukewarm. Look at someone and tell them, don't just sit. Be actively involved. Yeah. Tell them, be actively involved. Even after marriage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are brothers who used to tell me, Mimi Stakwa, Niliona Fulani Ameoa Kawa Bariti. It's a lie. I th- I thought someone is supposed to be hot. Yeah. Now that you <laughs> now that everything is on fire, <laughs> you should be hot after marriage. Amen. Is it possible for married people to be punctual in church? Is it possible for married people to continue serving God? Or serving God, you see, that is religion. When I was in religion, I will never forget. And I will not say which one. But <laughs> I will never forget. People got married. I'm like Jami, Jesus. Jami, I'm like keyboard. I'm like that is a skill. Say time, yes. But you like a club. club. The one who is a drummer playing the drum set, even if they're in a club, they cannot fail. Even if they are married, they cannot feel to play that drum. You are So the church has to be serious. And those who are married must lead from the front line. Say amen. So plan. Plan as couples. How to serve God with joy. How to be punctual. How to pray more. How to evangelize more. How to be resourceful. And mentor others who are coming, who are single. Amen. Show them the way. But how do you show them the way if you are lukewarm yourself? So you have to be on fire for God. Somebody say amen. The other cause of lukewarmness is disrespect for authority, for spiritual authority. Disrespecting your spiritual father, your spiritual mother, whoever is in charge of your ministry, wherever you worship or church. If you disrespect them, of course, there is no blessing. And as a result of that, it's very easy to be lukewarm, indifferent. Amen. Well, I hope you learned something. We will stop there for today. We will continue next Sunday, God willing. Our Wednesday Bible studies are going on every Wednesday from 5 p.m. Friday, healing and communion service is going on every Friday from 5 p.m. We are always here. The doors are open. Well, you're asking where are you and who are you guys? We are Rescue Ministries International. We are located at Ruiru. Uh, Those of you who feel you want to partner with us uh, and 
sow your seeds and give an offering. We have a pay bill number which is 571631. 571-631. That's our pay bill number. The account number of that pay bill number will be one of the options that you prefer to give. Why are you giving? If it's an offering, you will indicate offering. If it's a tithe, you will indicate tithe. If it's a vow, you will indicate vow. If it's for evangelism, you will indicate evangelism. If you go to our website, you will be guided on how to do that, and God will bless you. You are asking what is your website? Our website is www.rmicenter.org. I repeat, www.rmicenter.org. We are also on social media. You can check our Twitter account, our Instagram account, and our Facebook account. Our phone numbers are 0721-870-147. I repeat, 0721-870-147. And the other line is 0734-870-147. You realize the first four numbers are different, but the rest are the same. So I repeat the second number, 0734 870-147. Please get in touch with us. In case you're not born again, pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I believe what the Bible says in the book of Romans, that you rose from the dead. And I believe with my heart that God raised you from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And with that confession and that belief, I am saved. Thank you for coming into my heart. I renounce the devil, I renounce sin, and I renounce worldliness. From today, I give my life completely to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. We'll get in touch with you. Reach us on social media. Call us. Check us out. We'd love to fellowship and pray with you. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you.